I'm fucking. It's like I'm Three, trying. I'm trying two, to rev. Two, one. <laughs> I'm trying to rev myself back up, man. We've just done a fucking hard hitting <laughs> Maxwell trial and mandates little yeah, fucking quick yeah, forty yeah, minutes, yeah. man. And it's it's shits. It's heavy shit. It's heavy shit. Hard, man. It's like because I'm. I'm back in the trenches. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah, back in yeah, the fucking yeah. trenches of this shit. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes. You know, it was kind of good to take a little bit of a mental break. I think after yeah. last year and when shit was just kind of plateauing um, with with everything before vaccines had become a thing. Yep. Uh, but look, we're here again. We're here, everyone, by, by popular de fucking demand. Yeah, we're people were loving UFO. the last UFO one. And this time around, we're, 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 we're going from heavy mode in the last thing when we are talking about, you know, Maxwell and the mandates, and now we're going into esoteric mode. Mm. Our brains are going to go... And if we could have an alien invasion right now, just to show things up. That would be fucking up, sick. Like, if you're listening to us, because yeah. uh, you can hear our thoughts, um, please just come down Look, if you're from if you're from the Zeta Reticuli and you're looking down right now and you're like, look, these fucking monkeys really need help. Nothing would unite us Nothing more. Nothing would unite us more like, than invade, a fucking... Like, blow some shit up. I don't really care. Shit's already Yeah, fucked, oh, right? yeah, yeah. Hit, hit um, the Statue of Liberty. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like. just blow some shit up and then yeah. all of a sudden it's humans versus you guys. Yeah, and, and everyone can, forgets yeah. about the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And then after we realise we misunderstood you and you're actually here... It We're, was all an friends, We're all like, friends, like... And, and you're around here, like, having a bevy, uh, going, yo, your vodka's wicked here and shit like that, you know? Like, that'd be dope. That'd and then you tell us that you banged monkeys fucking, like, however many, like fucking centuries, centuries ago. ago and that's how and that's how we developed and yeah, just so we're like ends that whole thing as grand. well so yeah, yeah yeah religion like secular religion shit doesn't really cause any more wars and yeah. shit's just like shit's just cool. a bit like shit, shit just chills out a little bit you know yeah. but we're gonna we're gonna dip our balls into that ancient astronaut theory a bit later on mm-hmm. but for now where are we starting my friend where, where are we where are we journeying to we're gonna hop into the and fucking take off <laughs> Bro, I don't know how you're firing on all cylinders right now, bro. You're, <laughs> you're impressing me. I'm enjoying it. But we're going to start. We we touched a little bit on um, Bob Lazar last time, and I think that's the main thing we want to kick into this time because yeah, we, we talked did. a lot about uh, the origin of Area 51 and Operation Paperclip and things like that. And the last one that kind of gives you where the whole start of, you know, Yeah, we dug into the history a bit, didn't we? The history. Yeah. Whereas this is more just one of the most, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like... Um, not confirmed, like convincing a, yeah, pieces yeah, of, yeah, a, yeah. Of, of someone, uh, you know, working in that industry and, and giving some pretty uh, compelling information. So Around there's Area a great S4. documentary on YouTube um, called UFOs Area 51 and Bob Lazar, yep. something like that. Yeah, he does a good um, he does a good podcast with uh, Joe Rogan. With Joe Rogan, too. that one's absolutely fantastic. Um, so to give you a bit of, I guess, if you're thinking who the f- I've never heard of Bob Lazar ever in my fucking life, I'll give you a bit of a uh, yeah, give us a, a bit of a, a breakdown, historical so, rundown. Uh, Robert Scott Lazar, born January 26, 1959, is an American cons- well, they say conspiracy theorist, but obviously we know what that actually means, um, who claims to have been hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology in what is described as a secret site called S4. Now, Lazar alleges that subsidiary installation is located several kilometers south of the United States Air Force facility, popularly known as Area 51. 
Lazar claims that he examined alien craft that ran on an antimatter reactor powered by Element 115. Now, remember that. Yeah, Element, Element gonna, 115 is a big part of this. We're going to come back and yeah. talk a lot more about that in a second, um, which at the time had not been synthesized. So remember that. Um, he also claims uh, to have read US government briefing documents that described alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. Um, Lazar's claims resulted in uh, bringing added public attention to Area 51 um, and fueling theory surrounding its classified activities. But don't get it confused. This is where people do get confused, which is fair enough. Area 51 and S4 are different. Yes, correct. So this is a different base altogether. Um, So in May 1989, he appeared on an interview with investigative reporter George Knapp on Las Vegas TV under the pseudonym Dennis. Now, a bit of a pretense to this is in the story that he tells, the reason that he ended up going and doing this interview was that the company that he was working for, S4, wiretapped his house, his phone and everything, found that his wife was having an affair on him. Yeah, that's right. The whole, yeah, the whole wife situation. Um, And then tried to get rid of him. And try to shut him up and get rid of him all in this because they thing. thought because that whole thing thought, would fritz him out, and then he would go and all emotional and shit tell somebody what the fuck's going yeah, on. Yeah, be a liability. Yeah. So he ended up going, well, fuck it. That's obviously what you don't want me to do. So this is going to be my insurance policy. Yeah. So in uh, 1989, he goes to this investigative reporter, George Knapp, one of the uh, old, original, actual fucking investigative journalists, um, under the pseudonym Dennis with his face hidden and discusses uh, his purported employment at S4. Um, he claims that said facility was adjacent to Papoose Lake, which is located south of the main Area 51 facility at Groom Lake. Um, he claimed that uh, he claimed that the site consisted of concealed aircraft hangars built into a mountainside. Um, Lazar said that his job was to help with the reverse engineering of one of nine flying saucers, which he alleged were extraterrestrial in origin. He claims that one of the flying saucers was manufactured out of metallic substance um, similar to stainless steel, yep. but it was different than any type of material that existed. So one of the big things that I remember him talking about was that this um, this substance was like malleable. You could scrunch it up like alfoil. Yeah, he, I remember him saying it was like alfoil. Yeah. But when you exerted large force on it, wouldn't move. Yep. Now there's something that's been created recently that we talked about that, what is that shit called? You've talked about it as well, where it's like the, the that like squishy... Um, it's like a blob of stuff. You're talking and about kinetic sand? Is that what it, where, but where you push on it and it's squishy, but then if you smash it, it's rock solid. There's like a goo that they've created. Oh, fuck. So there's like a certain- I'm trying goo, to rack There's rack a certain goo that's been created yep. and that it's goo in your hands or whatever. But then if you put the goo down and sit it there and then hit it with a hammer, it doesn't, it doesn't move. It doesn't do anything. Because the more yeah. force that you exert on it, the more that it resists, which yeah. is like, again, that's only a discovery that we're starting to get into in 2021. Yeah. He's talking about this in the 1980s, saying that this stuff was like this metal substance you could scrunch up, and but then you could pull out and it would completely reform to its shape. Yeah, that's right. I had memory, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that this entire uh, craft was made out of this stuff, but there was no joins. There was no well. Yeah. There was no anything. It was just coated in this like stuff that could be moved, almost. but then would return like memory metal yep. um, would return to its um, shape. And, and again, it also had ridiculous heat properties too. Yeah. Like, like you could put it near the sun and it wouldn't fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
So his job was obviously um, to work on the propulsion system and trying to reverse engineer it. So coming back to uh, this element 115, um, so in 2014, Lazar was interviewed by George Knapp, where they, so again, this is another 50, 25 years later, um, where they discussed element 115 or unimpentium or Moscovium are the two names that it's come under, okay. um, where Lazar dismissed early findings surrounding element 115, stating that it was confident that further testing will produce an isotope from the element, which will match his initial description. They made just a few atoms. So, it's really unstable. That's what I know about it. Yeah. So basically, when he observed this element 115 and talked about it in the 80s, he was saying that this element that hadn't been discovered was used as the fuel and it was completely stable and it was unlimited, right? So um, looking at, uh, where's the thing that I wrote before? Um, what they have ended up then discovering in 2003, which is this Moscovian or, or whatever it, it is, um, it, it very unstable and has a half-life of only... It was like nanoseconds, wasn't it? Yeah, so that it says yeah. 0.65 of a second. Yeah. Um, so they say Moscovium is a synthetic chemical element with a symbol MC and the atomic number 115 and was first synthesized in 2003 by a joint team of Russian and American scientists at the Joint Institute for Nuclear Research. It is an extremely radioactive element. It is most, its most stable known isotope, Moscovium-290, has a half-life, which is like basically either the unstable atoms undergo radioactive decay down to it not existing yep. or how long the stable atoms survive of only 0.65 of a second. But he's saying in the eighties that he witnessed this fuel being used as a power source yep. that was completely stable and infinite that was used to power these ships. Do you know what that very well could have been? Because that these, these non-terrestrials right in this ship, they probably would have had anti-gravitic technology, right? So I assume what might be, causing this element to be unstable is the pressure of gravity right it could be i'm just throwing out theories right now well i think i think that they said though is that that this 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 fuel source that was created by this element 115 created that oh that created the anti-gravitic yeah so his so he saw this propulsion system and he saw that it was this small box or whatever it was in the center of this this very small ship. Yeah. It couldn't have had any one human size in it, which is yep. another big piece of the puzzle. And that when activated with this element that was completely stable and didn't deteriorate or burn out, yep. created this anti-gradivic field in like a heart shape around the ship right. that allowed it to move like any space unlike time. anything yeah, yeah, that yeah. we have um that we have witnessed here. Yeah. Um so it says uh let me find the thing. Um Uh, so Lazar told Knapp, um, who was ridiculed because of his sensational claim, states that he worked uh, in the past at Area 51 where top secret projects are being developed. Interestingly, on several occasions, he was subjected to a polygraph. The testing confirmed that his statements regarding the secret research facilities and alien technology present inside some of the most infamous bases in the United States. So he's passed lie detector tests. Yeah, not just one. M- multiple, multiple, because that's the, the the way that they kept thinking that they were going to debunk yeah. him, was subjecting him to polygraph. And then they still say, oh, well, some people just know how to beat it. But it's like, fuck, dude. Like, this guy yeah. has gone out and told... Like, he's achieved nothing. He says now, he says it on Rogan. He's like, sometimes I wish I never talked about yeah. it. 
because he's yeah. like, this is just my life now. I was trying yeah. to justify why I've said it. I lost my wife. Like, yeah, lost because job, I, she lost was fucking wife. cheating on me, which is why they tried to push me out of this thing. And then yeah. I was worried that they were going to off me because of what I knew already. And they thought I was unstable. So I tried to say this as an insurance policy. Like, yeah. what have I gained out of this, really? Yeah, other than um, extra com- complexity to his life, really. Yeah. So he says, uh, shit, where did that go? Um, Yeah, so the the uh, the testing confirmed his statements regarding the secret research of facilities and alien technology present inside. Uh, according to Lazar, the so-called UFOs were not built by humans. The cabins inside of the craft were extremely small that only a child could fit into. And Lazar claims that these flying saucers were built and piloted by extraterrestrial beings. Mysteriously, it seems as if the UFOs were made out of one single piece. They did not have a welding point and were made from material unknown on Earth. Yeah. In addition to element 115, scientists introduced 113, 117 and 118. But interestingly, all of these four elements are super heavy, lab-made, and very radioactive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's an incredibly compelling um, story uh, about, you know, something that we know that there's sh- these bases that aren't Area 51. Yeah. Area 51 is like that whole, you know, um, what's the way I can think about it, where they, like, give you the thing to focus like on, like the, the sleight of hand type yeah. stuff, where they're like, yeah. you know, you focus here on because that. But the- we don't, they don't want you looking at Dulcie. They don't want you looking at any of these other, you know, Fort Lauderdale, I think it's called, like any of these other real, like, crazy. Yeah. Because if you look into Dulcie Bay, like the Dulcie base, crazy shit. Exper- like, it's like aliens experimenting on humans and shit, like hybrid, human hybrids and shit, like crazy yeah. shit. Like, whether you can, whether you want to believe that or not, but, like, that's when they start getting... They don't, they'd rather you looking at something that happened in the 1940s, right, in the middle of a desert, right, than, than possibly looking and finding out, even if it's not true, even thinking about them working with aliens to read, like, to do genetic experiments on humans and shit. You know, like... And so the crazy thing as well is that he thinks that these were archaeological finds, these ships that they've got. Yeah. So that means that they weren't just like, you know, Fresh. these aliens flew into mm-hmm. Area 51, like, hey, guys, you got a parking space out the back? Yeah, we just yeah. want to... Like, they dug these crafts up yep. and then in activating these crafts were able to find that they had... And that's the thing, there's no control panels, there's no anything, like, there's just this pylon in the middle of a small ship Yep. And then they've been able to discover how that gets activated. And then even then, they've not been able to, they never, he said they were never able to figure out how to reverse engineer it. So many people died trying to yep. hit it with fucking hammers and do all of these things to try and break it open that just set off a reaction or whatever and killed the yep. people that were working on it. He said, you know, that was, and it was so compartmentalized. His job was just that propulsion system. Yeah. So that everyone else's jobs were about what's this material that they're made yeah. out of. Blah, 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 blah. Um, well, I heard from Whistleblower right and you can look into a whole bunch of like stuff like this if you if you dig deep enough on the old uh, interwebs but like there's one in particular right and, and we'll do like we're doing one like a bit of chat about bob lazar now we'll do one on william Tompkins. yeah another time yeah but like um yeah he he i think he was the one that mentioned about how a lot of these craft have a consciousness interface so there's no controls there's no buttons there's no fucking nothing it's just a seat and you sit there and it's controlled by your consciousness. So yeah. it's almost like the ship talks to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where if you start looking at this whole, what's the Elon Musk fucking... Oh, the neural net. Neural net. Like that's exactly what that kind of shit is yep. is about talking about, is about being able to link Interface technology, technology into your brain. Yep. So imagine the most advanced form of that 
where it doesn't require any physical, it doesn't require any physical jacking in, um, and it's just you sit there and go, hey, you know, in with your brain fucking waves, yeah, fly this shit. Um, he also talks about the craft in when he's so. One of the big things is that there's a couple of other people, and I didn't, I, I've lost some of my notes, so I can't give you the names that I had saved of them. But there's a couple of other people that have come out because one of the things that he started doing was taking his friends out because they knew they did test flights on a certain on on every third Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, they would run one of these things for a test flight. So he started taking the people out that he knew, being like, "Look, I'm telling you all this crazy shit. I'll show you one flying." Yeah. And so there were other people that have come out and said, "Yeah, I was out there with him, and and I saw some of these um these test flights that they were doing." So there's a fair bit of compelling evidence to say that you know this person was actually, um, you know, a part of it. And the other thing was he uh he talked about how he previously worked on on Los Alamos, which is where yeah. they built the first atomic yep. bomb. Yep. Um, so, uh, and he was able to give like a full description of the layout of that of that building. Um, and when they're saying, oh, but he was never credited as working there. But again, he was there working on black budget. And he yeah. said, he said in an interview, he was like, I don't actually want to tell you what I was working on there because it's fucking putrid. Like he yeah, said, it's okay. horrible what I was doing there. Yeah. That's why I was off the books. Yeah. But I can tell you the ins and outs of that fucking building. And then apparently that was verified at some point as well. What he said about what was there at Los Alamos was correct. Yeah. So, you know, there's a fair bit of credible... Again, he's he's done a very fucking good job passing polygraphs and convincing a lot of people that there's something there. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, we've we 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 if we observe what we observe of this fucking crazy universe, and we observe what people are saying about the infinite number of possibilities that exist, it's not far fetched and crazy to think that this shit that he's talking about is there, yeah. and probably way more than that. You know. Oh yeah. And how far this was from the eighties yeah. before he lost his job? Well, how far along we are how, now? Yeah. Well, you think about this kind of stuff and think about that like when we were kids think about that that like technology ramp basically yeah. so like in the early 90s i remember tvs and stuff like that you know but basically like from the age of like seven or eight it was just like boom like computers and big tvs and fucking then eventually phones and cam like crazy cameras and it was all it all just came up like really quick do you know what i mean and a lot of these, a lot, a lot of like these people, like these whistleblowers and shit, that they 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 reckon they seem to think that we're a hundred years behind. So what they actually have, we're a hundred years behind. Yeah. But because of that same technology ramp, right, we're actually a thousand years behind. So if you can imagine that that technology ramp in the nineties, right, what they might supposedly some of the technologies that they they could reverse engineer was Bluetooth, LEDs, and uh, fiber optics. They were some of the things that they supposedly were alien technologies and they managed to like reverse engineer them, right? But imagine that, that gap now. So in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and we saw that really that real big steep technological adoption curve, right? If these whistleblowers are saying it's technically 100 years, but because of if you account for that kind of like curve, it's like 1,000 years. You'd have all kinds of crazy shit. There's whistleblowers saying that there's like glass pads. So they're essentially like iPads, but they're completely see-through. They're like glass and they can bend. And you can like, yeah, you can do all kinds of stuff with them. You can't break them. You know what I mean? But, the, but they're like, there's holograms, you know? I mean, there's holograms now. You saw that hologram with fucking Michael Jackson and Tupac and all that shit. But yeah. like actual holograms. Yeah. Like actually, like, you know, you're not, not like a, a million dollars worth of lights and set up and shit. Like you, they can actually do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So, and that's the shit that we can comprehend. Imagine the shit that we can't even comprehend because we have no basis for it. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, you can only like, well, that's what they say about, you know, you look at all the old sci-fi from the 80s, you know, all of the weird things that they came up with were only what they could possibly conceive as yeah, possible think then, of, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's a very interesting um, story and, and it kind of ties into the last little bit that I've got here about Commander David Fravor, yeah. who um, basically... So there's been a lot of things coming out um, talking about... Um, the Navy and whatever, like declassifying some of their like sightings yep. that they'd kept under wraps for a long time. A lot of that stuff has been um, declassified. Um, so Commander David Fravor saw a Tic Tac. So different That's right. Than, he's a Tic Tac guy. He's a Tic Tac guy, yeah. Yep. So a lot of what Bob Lazar says about the ships that he saw, one of them is this Tic Tac, but a lot of them were more your classic flying saucer-like sightings. Yep. Where he mentioned that a lot more like that disc. Yep. But that he also said that the way that he sees them fly is that the disc actually goes up on its belly and moves forward. Right. So it goes like, instead of flying along like that, it goes, it, 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 when it actually takes off, it that's how degrees. it sits. Then it goes 90 degrees yep. and then moves forward. Yep. Um, but this tic-tac is like, you know, like a tic-tac yep. um, uh, that he saw. So, um, uh, which Bob confirmed was the sports model of the ships that he stated S4 was holding. On 60 Minutes, uh, correspondent Bill Whitaker reported an on unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs, more commonly known as UFOs. Whitaker interviewed two former Navy pilots, Commander David Fravor and Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich, who said they witnessed something unsettling and unexplainable while flying over the Pacific Ocean in November 2004. So again, nearly 20 years after um, what uh, Bob Lazar talks about. Fravor is a graduate of the Top Gun Naval Flight Program. He was a commander of the FA-18F squadron of the USS Nimitz at the time of the encounter. Dietrich, a former FA-18F pilot, has never before spoken publicly about what she saw that day. It was unidentified and that's why it was unsettling to us because we we weren't expecting it. We couldn't classify it. On November 14th, 2004, Fravor and Dietrich were training with the Nimitz carrier strike group about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. Unbeknownst to them, advanced radar on a ship that was a part of their training group, the USS Princeton, had been detecting what operators call multiple anonymous... Oh, man anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon descending yep. 80,000 feet in less than a second. Yep. 80,000 feet in less than a second. Yeah. Fucking mind. You can't even, like, so even at terminal velocity, right, which is maximum force that gravity can send a human being, like if you jump out of a ship, you reach terminal velocity, or a plane, you you reach terminal velocity. That would be multiple times faster than terminal velocity. So that means that it was propelled that fast and is able to then stop, turn, whatever, in those kind of... During their training exercise, Fraber and Dietrich, each with weapon system... Uh, officer in the back seat of their FA-18F said they were diverted to investigate the anonymous object. They say that the first they found an area rolling white water that the size of a Boeing 737, and then they saw something strange above the water. Uh, quote, we saw this white little white tic-tac looking object and it was just kind of moving above the white water area, Fravor recounted. Uh, no predictable movement or project predictable trajectory said Dietrich as Dietrich circled above Fravor went down for a closer look he said that the object was about the size of an FA-18F with no markings no wings and no exhaust no plumes and that's another thing coming back to Bob Lazar who talks about as well like that's what's crazy about these these that that 
Element 115 or whatever, it doesn't have a heat signature. It doesn't give off any heat. Yeah. These ships, when they're operating, doesn't have yeah. heat, plumes, anything that we know to be common with a combustion engine. Yeah. Even the electric ones that we've got today have noise, have heat or whatever in order to operate. Yeah. This has none of that, yeah. and which makes it so mind-blowing. Um, so... Uh, as soon as Fravor tried to cut off the UAP, it accelerated so quickly that it seemed to disappear. He recalled seconds later, the USS Princeton reacquired the UAP on its radar. It was approximately 60 miles away. Yeah. So, so imagine 60 miles in seconds. Yeah. It just, it, that speed, like people can't comprehend how fucking no. fast that is, eh? Uh, later, another flight crew's targeting camera locked onto what it believed was the same UAP before it zipped off again, though the camera did manage to capture infrared video of something. Uh, Fravor and Dietrich learned from the controllers on the USS Princeton that they had been tracking similar anomalous objects for days, yet Dietrich and Fravor said they had not been informed. When Fravor and Dietrich encountered the UAP, they were unarmed. I felt vulnerability of not having anything to defend ourselves, said Dietrich, and then I felt confused when it disappeared. Fravor and Dietrich said that they both endured ribbing and harassment from fellow crew members about their sighting. And while they debriefed the encounter, as far as they know, there has not been any inf official investigation. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of two of the biggest examples that are known from, again, and that one, you know, is crazy because, you know, if you think about, oh, this Bob Lazar guy, maybe he's a crazy whatever, but this is a, you know, a very high-ranking yeah. FA-18 Navy pilot and, and commander. And to be a pilot, you need to be a fucking top, top, yeah. like, notch And then to be a smart. commander. Yeah. Like, that's takes... You need to be the smartest of the smart, essentially. Because you don't just... You, you, Nobody in society just just gets to fly an F eighteen. You need to fucking work for it, right? Yeah. And then just to be the commander of a fucking squadron or whatever he was a commander of, bro, you need to be the best of best. And then the be the biggest thing out of that is a it just mentions that they had actually been sighting that days earlier and no one said anything to yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and b like that's the how much of this shit is just being swept under the fucking rug. Yeah. You know, like anything. So it's like all the shit we talk about. You yeah. know, if there's a reason that they don't want this shit to come out, then they will fucking squash it as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's it. And um, now we're starting to see more of these sightings and whatever come out. And they're all from 20 years ago as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so exactly. what's been happening in the last 20 years that we're not going to see for another fucking 20 years? Well, you know? yeah, that's it, man. We, we, we smartphones are just getting smarter and cameras are just getting better. Yeah. And like, if you, you can go on like, there's, there's even like local, like Australian ones, like UFO Hunters Australia, I think I'm yeah. part of in, in that group. And there's fucking footage all the time, man. And it's crazy. All some the of the time. lights, some of the lights in the sky yeah. that move and data is crazy. I saw one literally like last week or even a couple of days ago, and it was like a line, like a line of like basically like lights like going through the sky, moving really quickly. And I, you, there's nothing natural about that. I saw something hell weird out the front of the cranker and I was there with Roods and everyone and they were just laughing at me, but no one could explain what it was. Yeah, There was just this massive like bright light in three sections of the sky in a triangle. Yeah, And it made no sense. It was cloudy, and but they were so bright through the clouds and no one could explain what the fuck it could have been. Yeah. And then when I was getting so excited about it because I felt like I was genuinely seeing, seeing something yeah. and everyone was just fucking making me feel like a dickhead. But and again, I had no idea what it was that I was seeing. Yeah, but not not everyone has the capacity to think about these kind of things. No, of course. But it's just, you know, that's exactly it. You know, yeah. I feel like I actually did witness something. Yeah, so, yeah, fucking oath. Um, fucking oath, dude. Fuck knows. Could probably easily explainable as a lot, maybe. Yeah. Um, but there's enough reason, like anything, to be asking fucking questions. Exactly. At least this one... People are a little bit more intrigued or open to it, you know, because it doesn't shatter their worldview. 
Like when it we talk about it, it other conspiracies yeah. where they have to get on board with how fucked the government is yeah. to believe in some of the shit we talk about. Um, you know, people can see why they would hide this stuff. So it's like it's it's cool to like, and it doesn't and it theorize. doesn't fucking and it doesn't trigger their cognitive dissonance. Yeah, like the Ch- Channel Nine News telling you fucking you know the whatever's a fine or whatever's working, just believe us, right? They you know. UFOs aren't like that. Channel 9 aren't out there telling you that fucking you you got to believe this about aliens. So it doesn't trigger their like it makes them feel like when you tell them about the other stuff, it makes them makes them feel stupid because yeah. how could they not know? Because it goes against because the it goes against the narrative. There's no real narrative no. except for like they've kind of said, "Oh, there's been some weird stuff that happened over the years, but no real concrete evidence." But they, they, that's all they ever say yeah. instead of being like, "No, there's not." And then we're saying, "Yeah, there fucking is." Where then it creates yeah. that division. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that, that's the end of my little, uh, section there. Section. So fire us into, let's get ancient in this bitch. We're going to get we? ancient. Yeah. We're going to throw back. So this is one of the things that I've always really been fascinated by, like the, the ancient astronaut theory. So the whole theory that essentially extraterrestrial visitors have come down to earth in the distant past intentionally or not right. And shaped us and have shaped the human history and have given us agriculture and have given us society and given us laws and given technology. us technology and whatnot. So it, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. So it, what, what interests me the most about it is quite often like a lot of these people, how they, they're like forming these research and stuff like that about it. There's like Eric Von Daniken who, while not forming the theory solely on his own research, is seen as responsible as dragging it into the mainstream in 1968 with the book Chariots of the Gods, right? So this is quite often something that like is also not really uh, touched on too much, but like it fascinates me about like the historical evidence and and how the the ancient carvings and stuff like that in completely removed places of the world. Back in the day, you couldn't get on a plane and fly to Africa if you were in Asia, yeah. whatever. You couldn't fly to Australia, you know? Couldn't fly anywhere. So I've got a few things here talking about it. So we'll go through it, right? So in in uh, in the Chariots of Gods by the Von, by Von Daniken, he would argue that many ancient texts, legends, religious writings, and even creation myths all pointed to some kind of alien intervention with humanity at some stage in the distant past. So that's you, you know what I mean. He would he would he would argue that, and it's basically saying like one would suspect that there's depictions of like ancient gods and deities that look so familiar to like modern astronauts mm. in a lot of these like you know ca- ca- uh, carvings in the in the caves and yep. shit like that in these books and shit but um what what really um got me interested in in this particular article here and like i've read into uh, a fair few times was um about uh, zachariah sitchkin this is a guy who's translated a cuneiform on the sumerian clay tablets discovered in the 1920s, which is now modern-day Iraq. So this kind of goes into the Anunnaki kind of like thing. Have you heard about the Anunnaki thing before? Yeah, so it says here, uh, the Sitchkin's apparent translations of the cuneiform Sumerian clay tablets discovered in the 1920s is what now modern-day Iraq and was thousands of years ago the heart of the Sumerian Empire. In that account, apparently speak of happenings that took place on Earth almost half a million years ago, this, of course, would certainly go against the accepted timeline of civilizations from mainstream historians. Yeah. So that, and then that also digs into a little bit like the whole theory of evolution, then doesn't it? Because yeah. if these, if they ha- they have these carvings, and there's like a little image here as well with um what these 
Anunnaki's would have looked like. Um, you know, they've got wings and they, they, they look a little bit like lizards, actually. Right. Who is it? Who is it? David. Uh, who's the guy I'm thinking of? David. You talking about David Wilcock? No. no. The other guy, the British guy. British guy. Oh, David Icke. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he is one of the very big original proponents of yeah. the whole Anunnaki theory. It's a yeah. lot of what he has uh, done extensive research on. He talks a lot more about modern shit now and, and, and agrees with a lot of what we talk about with Rona. And oh, yeah. he was. Where, you go back to his videos from a couple, of, even a couple of years ago, he was talking about all this shit, bro. Yeah. But a lot of people listen to him and they're like, they ridicule him and like, oh, fucking lizards, bro. Oh, fucking lizards, yeah. bro. Lizards. What do you mean? What do you mean they're shape-shifting lizards? Yeah. And so I understand. That's fairly fucking far out. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, you, you look at a lot of these, these stuff, this stuff here and rep, the reptilian, we've even got a part of our brain that's reptilian, bro. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's super like... Far-fetched. Far-fetched. Like it is, but it's not at the same time, right? So it says here, uh, Sitchin would claim that a race of aliens called the Anunnaki came to Earth from a roving planet named Nibiru with an orbit that brings it into our solar system every 3,600 years. So I saw a diagram of this a couple of years ago when I was like really getting balls deep into this shit, learning about it. Because um, I was going through like a phase where I was like, I wanted to learn about like human consciousness and then like this kind of like ties into it as well. It all ties into each other as you know, but like um, I saw a little diagram and you can imagine like the, the sun in the middle and then like you've got your standard planets, you know, fucking cruising around the sun or whatever way, like, you know, but then Nibiru kind of goes like this. So it comes like all the way out on a weird angle and then like comes around and then goes really close to the sun and comes all the way back out on this weird angle. You mean like it's not like like cir- like more circular where the other ones are. It's more like an oblong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they're saying here, if this Nibiru or Planet X, it's also called, uh, comes into our solar system every th- or near the sun or every 3,600 uh, 3, years, then it prob- it's probably not too crazy to think that if there was a civilization on this planet, when it did come close to these other planets, they might have had technology to leave that planet and go and be like, hey, look, the fucking Earth's just over there. Let's go see what's on there. Mm. And the whole thing is like they must have come here. Uh, the last close passing of Nibiru, it says here, was 556 BC. Yeah, wow. Not so two that. And a half, yeah, two and a half thousand years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, with the next one due around the year 2900. So another 800 and something years. Yeah. 900 and something years. Right. So it's, it's, it's super interesting that these like clay tablets have this kind of like translation on it. Yeah. You know, and they're talking about this. So according to Sitchkin's translations, around 450,000 years ago, the hunt for gold brought the Anunnaki to the earth in the first place. So although this was not the way that we might perceive gold today in the modern world, the Anunnaki's use for gold was much more technical as opposed to a status symbol. We should perhaps consider that today gold is used in electronics and is a great conductor. In terms of space travel, it's almost an ideal material to possess and work with. So what could have happened, essentially, right, is they think that this planet has come, this uh, Nibiru planet has come around and come close to Earth, right? These beings have come down and they've and they've gone. There could be gold here, right? They've seen they've seen a fucking race of like undeveloped neanderthal monkey looking things that, that were the most highly developed and like you know best candidates at the time 
right? And then they've used their advanced technology to manipulate the DNA, which is what a lot of these whistleblowers and a lot of this stuff you could, will lead to is that, you know, we're quite often considered like a hybrid kind of race. Mm. We've got a lot of different DNA, you know, like... Yeah, well, if you look at us compared to any other animal yeah. on this planet, we it's, are... We're so again, fucking far behind. So, like, No so other animal different. even has fucking... Like laws, there's yeah. no, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's uh, yeah. Some of the most basic things, you know? So it basically says here about um, the, uh, this, this apparent mission to, from, you know, Nibiru to earth to, to get mine the gold for whatever the reason was, was led by two brothers, a scientist Enki and a military leader who had ultimate rule called Enlil. So in this, in these tablets, in this Sumerian translation, it talks about the story of Enki and Enlil and stuff like that. And, they would demand that Enki create a worker race to take over these mining missions. So Enlil must have been like the leader or whatever, and his brother Enki was the scientist. So that's where the whole DNA manipulation has come in. And they found they, they found like the best kind of like fucking species and they've gone and manipulated that. It says here, after several failed attempts, Enki would create such a worker, perhaps the basis for the Adam in the biblical stories, you know, the whole Adam and Eve thing? Yeah. Again, these encounters were mirrored in the Zulu legends of the region as well. They claim that the first people were a slave race created by the Anunnaki. Then, so like it goes, basically like this article here just goes into a little bit about just to demonstrate how far advanced the ancient Sumer was, part of southern, southern Mesopotamia, now modern day Iraq. They had things such as law, courts, education, medicine, science, agriculture, harvesting, purchasing of goods and even marriage yeah wow so this was this was six thousand years ago now i don't really know what the accepted timeline for our growth is like yeah. i don't like you know like what is like the the mainstream western science view on our theory of evolution let's say like, don't they say like millions of years or something isn't yeah. it? yeah i don't actually know right yeah. but at what point if, if, if you're listening to this and don't you they say comment, like comment until it's no fucking sea and then yeah so they said the fish comes out of the sea and then it turns into a reptile and then the reptile turns into a mammal and then the mammal turns into a monkey and then the monkey turns to us I guess yeah. you know right but like six thousand years ago you know like I, I guess I don't know so I can't sit here and fucking make assumptions but like that sounds like a long time ago that sounds like before there would have been marriage and science and agriculture and absolutely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if 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 we're talking like biblical here, Jesus Christ was what two thousand and twenty one years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> then how many like how advanced were they then? Right. So then have four thousand four thousand years, years before, before that. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's quite strange, isn't it? But like, so, it, but it's what also makes like this even stranger. And like, it, I don't think it like really gives any credence. It could possibly give credence, but to some to people like us. But like, in the wake of the uh, invasion in, in Iraq in two thousand and three, the muse in the museum of Baghdad, where much of these uh, ancient relics and clay tablets were stored, was plundered and robbed of nearly all of its content. While some of the relics were undoubtedly taken by looters who would scavenge anything they could get their hands on. Much of, much of it seemed to have been whisked away by an organized military presence. Now, that there's the whole theory about the 9-11 attacks to justify 
the invasion on the Middle East. Like we, I think in one of our earlier conspiratoriums, yeah. we, we yeah, were yeah, talking we'll talk about, about the oil and the poppy yeah. fields and the. It very well could have been central bank. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it very well could have been that a part of this larger scheme because everything connects to each other. You mm. know, you got people got to understand that everything connects. A ver- you know, it very well could have been all right. They're like, we need to go to uh, Iraq and and get these clay tablets and and take them away and get them out of fucking sight. Right, because we don't want this shit coming out. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Right, you know. So, so, but they were also like, let's get the oil while we're there. Let's get the poppy fields while we're there. You know, yeah. Let's get, have regime change. It's all yeah, well, one giant destabilize this yeah. fucking economy, so no one's going to believe anything that they come out with anyway. And we've taken all the evidence that they could have possibly come out with, and we're also, you know, doing things to benefit our pockets at the moment like yep. taking all of this poppy for our opiate addicted race and the oil for everything as well and we're going to put a central bank in here to make yep. sure that our fed um yep. it propagates is, the financial system that they want to they yeah, want to make absolutely so it's, yeah it says here the other relics uh, have since completely vanished in particular the clay tablets that held information da- uh, dating back to thousands and thousands of years so it's it's very interesting that somebody like Zachariah Sitchkin has been able to fucking get the time and with these tablets and just the fact that he knows how to read Sumer. You know what I mean? That's crazy, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's nuts. But like he's pieced together what he can from these things and it's telling this this uh, story. story about this 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 race. But it's not only that. It, like it also ties in with other things that like aren't related to that as well. So like it. it What's just as interesting is saying is like the Bible, the the biblical verses speak of the watchers as well. Mm. Uh, first of all, if we assume the watchers were Anunnaki who were to watch over the humans as they mine gold, this is the the excerpt from the uh, book of Genesis. When human beings began to increase in number on earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they choose. Very interesting that in this so-called holy you know, book, Genesis or whatever, that they're saying that the son of gods saw the daughters as beautiful, would marry them as they choose. Mm, why, is, why the plural of gods is what's very interesting. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it, like the sons of God, you know, like, and it's just like that then assumes that the person who's written this is, is a human being and then there's something else. Yeah. Right? And the fact that it says the sons of gods... Then that would that would then assume like Enki and Enlil, yeah. Two, do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's quite crazy, you know. And then and then you look at um, a few of these other things here. Let's see. Um, whatever the truth of the Anunnaki, uh, whether they are indeed real or whether they are shape shifting reptilian entities or whatever, something more similar to how we look today might. Such notions as the ancient astronaut theory begin to explain parts of evolution that have so far evaded us uh, and perhaps like the missing link. For example, in terms of human beings, they essentially appeared out of nowhere with dramatically increased brain power, uh, uh, almost as if they are a product of intelligent design. Kind of like what what, what we've been saying. As silly as it might sound to some, the fact is we do not see dogs or horses or dolphins or anything else building huge structures, organized societies, not to mention the advancements that have swept through humanity in the second half of the 20th century. You know, so... Yeah, so it's saying here, of course, whether it's Eric Von Daniken with his chariots, chariots of Fire, whatever the fucking book's called, we were just saying, Zachariah Sitchkin or any of a number of these researchers, many believe to be undeniable clues of some otherworldly intervention on our planet. 
are that many precise and accurately aligned megalithic monuments and site complexities found across the globe. Uh, for example, explored many of the spaceport-type ruins of the ancient Mayan world, complete with their creations, legend, creation legends that would be very well described, such alien intervention. Similarly, many of the legends of the Native American tribes of North America continent speak of teachers who came down from above and started their civilizations. They also have... They have also explored on several occasions such connections to the legends of ancient Egypt, whose rituals, bizarrely enough, appear to come up in many secretive uh, activities of the so-called Illuminati themselves we talked, with we... connections to apparent shape-shifting reptilians who may or may not be the Anunnaki of ancient times. So yeah. the whole bloodline, this ties back to the bloodline thing, what a lot of people us are piecing together with these secret societies that run the world, which is inevitable at this point. We we know there's something going on. Mm. You know what I mean? I think what what a lot of what of like what a lot has got is going on in terms of this bloodline thing is these blood these people, right, these Illuminati people that run the world, they might have the bloodline of these people. Mm. Whereas we 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 might not. I've heard a theory as well is that there's cause there's like a couple of different races of them. So there's like a good uh, and again I'm I'm I should have done my research more into this, but there's like of the Anunnaki, there's like a few different kinds. They're sort of like different in their well, that's appearance. That, that or the, it doesn't say in this year, but what I remember from researching it in the past is what happened in, in that story was Enki and Enlil ended up having a fight and splitting. Yeah. 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 And so the the ones that are here now, so like the ones the the good ones are the ones that apparently protect us externally from everything outside that wants to come in. Yeah. But then the ones that are left here now, are the ones that are the, the direct bloodlines, corrupt yep. and whatever else. Yep. Very crazy theory, but a, a yep. fucking interesting. And that's one. where the da- and that's where David Icke is saying, all right. So if we're looking at these all these ancient tablets, carvings, and rah rah, talking about this these Anunnakis that have reptilian features, right? Yep. And then you look at these elites in our society, and there's there's information or there's you know testimony rah rah that they're of reptilian descent or they can shapeshift into a reptilian body or, you know, whatever. They act like fucking reptiles, you know. And that that's how this all ties in, you know. Like it starts all the way in that history and then that bloodline is continued, but it's continued as like a royal bloodline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now today it's like, you know, the other half of it is like diluted and with other bits and pieces and whatnot. But saying from the Nazca lines to Stonehenge and the creation myths and legends from the Far East and the mysterious but enchanting history of China all have connections to unknown te- uh, technologically advanced civilizations. Where might have that civilization come from? Mm. You know, and that that also like and that also goes into a little bit about the whole Vimana thing with the uh, ancient India. Did you know about the Vimanas? No. So, like in ancient India, there's there's also um, uh, talk about these flying these flying de- uh, ships, I guess you want to call them. I don't know what they, what they refer to them as. Yep. But, they, but they, had, they, they called them the Vimanas and they, they, they were these things in the sky and there was full like, legends about them and all the Indian stuff as well. So this isn't, just, this isn't just modern day Iraq, right? That's kind of where they think that it started with the whole like, Anunnaki thing. Mm. But they might have you know, gone there, landed there, then they've gone over to the Native Americans and they've landed there and they've gone to China and they've landed there and they've, there's even there's even I even saw something about the Aboriginals uh, d- down here the indigenous it, when they're in uh, the middle of Australia there's like a a carved carved painting of shit of of similar thing like, like an astronaut looking thing mm. 
Yeah, I have heard something along the lines yeah. of that before as well. So might it be possible that these survivors of the world before the deluge with their technology, intellect and acquired wisdom were seen as gods to the pockets of survivors most likely strewn across the world and cut off from each other? Legends and myths all speak of the same white cloaked beings with beards who came across the waters from above and taught mankind the need for social order, family, cultivation, agriculture and forbid such, forbid such actions as murder, rape and cannibalism. So yeah, and it's basically just hard. It's got like this article's got a few, a few like pictures here from different, the different, the different uh, caves and the tablets and all whatnot. So it's very interesting. It's very that ties back into let's say that the Bob Lazar thing about them being archaeological finds exactly ties into those ships that they've uncovered and have been working on could have been the ships of the Anunnaki that crashed yep. here, however fucking long ago that they've dug up now and kept under wraps. Yeah. So to try and put this in. A, <clears throat> try and put this in a bit of like a wider context here. Essentially, it's like they've got this there's, this, there's this planet that's in our solar system, but it's not like, you know, how we can look out and we can see Venus because we're in the same kind of like vicinity. Yep. It's not in the same vicinity. It's on a completely different like orbit, right? Only comes around every couple of thousand years. You know, 450,000 years ago, this race came to Earth because they needed some gold. That's the story. Who knows why they came here? They come here, right? Two brothers have had a fight. One of the brothers has fucking is the scientist who's manipulated the the species on Earth, the most intelligent species already on Earth, to become more intelligent. He's then and gone he's then and gone against his other his ruling brother and said, All right, nah, I, I fuck you kind of thing. I don't want to kill these like they're my creation. I don't want to kill them. They're innocent. You know what I mean? He's then and gone and put his direct DNA into us, right? And you know, and mated with us and with the females and whatever, and then that's created this royal bloodline, right? That would still have the Rh negative blood, right? Which is Rh negative is like the the most like rarest blood type you can have. Mm. Yeah, like basically, basically like the bloodline. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And um. Yeah. So that's that. That's then carried on all these thousands of years, and these people in the in the Illuminati or in these secret societies think that because their bloodline is royal, they own the earth and they own everything on it. Yeah. And that's why there's a big struggle today about well, why why are you killing us? Why are you you know stealing kids? Why are you doing this? Why are you you know I mean like that's so all of this is just one giant big fucking story and picture yep. that just. Like you, you, as you go through, you kind of piece it together, and like you realize that there's nothing that's. I don't, I don't really like believe in coincidences anymore. I mean, obviously, your daily coincidences and shit like that. I don't believe in coincidences anymore, man. No. Like that, look again. That all sort of ties into if you look at you know what is the push of the the elites and whatever else, which is you know whether it's depopulation or complete control or yeah. you know the many things that you've looked at where it's been like you know the purity of fucking someone's blood or whatever yeah. can all tie back to to that kind of origin. Which again, I mean, how can we say that a creator like God or whatever is any more reasonable than what we've just said as being our possible origins or or evolution itself as well? You yeah. Know? They're all pretty crazy. To say a fish comes out of the fucking sea and evolves into this is no different than saying that, you know, that there was there were monkeys or whatever down here because we know that the the if you look at just the the animal kingdom, yeah. 
it, that all makes sense. Yeah. But when you look at the animal kingdom versus us, us that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. So it, it does stand to reason that it, that it is very believable that there's been some fuckery with what seems to be the most intelligent, the opposable thumbs, the fucking, yep. you know, the brain power, and to turn them into the two fucking dickheads that are sitting here today yep. talking about this shit with a fucking crazy electronical setup recording our face and our audio and whatever yeah, going to it. going to thousands of people on the other side of the world like you know what I mean? it doesn't, yeah it's it just so that, there's such a big massive gap between and again you know you, you aren't really seeing other animals evolve that much in what we can document as their history yeah there are some subtle changes or whatever but normally they're yeah, but they're not building societies bro no, that's exactly right. Do you know what I mean? That's at the end of the day, whether it's reptiles, whether it's fucking God's plan, whether it's just the theory of evolution, if, you, if you're a real strict into your science, whatever. Yep. Tell me how, right, monkeys still exist, right? Our direct ancestors still exist. And we're over here with the internet, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it, like, tell me how there hasn't been some kind of fuckery. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because... If we've had the same amount of time to evolve as every other, every other thing in the face of the earth, then how are we just like on a... We're almost on like a completely different consciousness level to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just... And look at even just what we've been able to discover what our bodies can do compared to the... You know what I mean? Like within yeah. and without, like just, you know, we're able to find things that we do to make ourselves massive or stronger yeah. or be able to bend in certain yeah, ways. heal or ourselves faster. Or, or heal or... Yeah, whatever. You know, like there's just so much stuff that we've done to evolve further as a result in a shorter amount of time as well, which doesn't seem to be happening with any of these other no. uh, things. No. So, well, to bring it full circle again, I just fucking hope that we uh, get some visitation fucking well, or something soon, man. Look, if love, you're an extraterrestrial and you're listening to the Wormhorse podcast yeah, right now, come. make sure you slap subscribe on YouTube yeah. because... Buy <laughs> some merch because you've Buy obviously some, got gold. Yeah, um, they got space cash. You know, it's yeah. like episode yeah, they fight over the space cash. And just come down and <laughs> shake shit up, man. Yeah, look, you know what? If, 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 if there was a non-terrestrial invasion right now, Nothing can like I don't know if she can really get that much more crazy, can it? No, really. Like, I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, I, fuck yeah. Yeah, I, like, I'll I, chuck a sicky just first. Chuck of all. a sicky. I think I'll I, chuck I think, a sicky. I think that if fucking there was an alien invasion, people wouldn't go to work. Though. No, no, probably <laughs> not. I definitely wouldn't be. Yeah, There'd like, be someone. It'd be the one getting. He'd be like, no, I've got my fourth booster shot. Today. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my eighth shot lined yeah, up today. Not, I need to go I'm, in there and I get a fucking signed up. I don't care about the fucking. What are they called? The Manuraki, what was it? Oh, I don't know. I, they, they all look like lizards to me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, jab me out. Yeah, anyway, fucking. All right, brother. Well, that well, was a good episode. That was fucking. I'm, I'm knackered, man, after yeah. going hard in the going fucking hard paint. Going hard in the paint. Finding that energy to come through. Say, I'm, I'm fucking just getting over probably COVID. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who um, knows? At this point in time. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty fucking ha- wrapped with that. This one's going to be on all the platforms. The yeah. last one. If you're like, what do you mean last one? Fucking go to Rumble and search for yeah, Wormholes because we did, something, music. we did something hackers and oh, it's not we had on to hit hard. YouTube. We had to hit hard. Um, make sure you fucking smash subscribe. 
Go and grab some fucking merch. You won't yeah. get it before Christmas now, but you'll spend your Christmas money on some merch. It helps us keep going. Yeah, we would really we're, appreciate it. We really would. We're the, the way we're about to level up the podcast again, and the way we're doing that is from fucking Christmas presents, right? Because yeah. we don't have the cash flow coming through <laughs> to be able to level up. But if you want us to keep going, if you want us to grow, be able to bring you more of this, be able to have the time to do it, and not have to spend our own money on trying to make it as awesome as it is, please grab a fucking shirt. Yeah. Um, grab my BSB and account number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the fact, just the fact that you're listening right now, we we really appreciate it. And then the next uh, week or two, we're going to be doing, or the, basically the next episode we've got planned are uh, the Christmas live stream and the end of the year wrap up, and then that's it for 2021 for wormholes. Beautiful. So we're gonna we're gonna drop these ones and then get ready for the Christmas live stream, and then we're gonna do the Christmas wrap up. We're gonna go uh, the New Year's wrap up. We're gonna go over some of our favorite moments from the year. We're going to go over our favorite albums of the top three albums of the year, favorite song of the year, and any just anything about this year that really stood out. Yeah, so. maybe a positive, maybe a nice positive rap on the year. Yeah, oh fuck, it. oh much. no, there'll be no negativity. Nah, Good. it'll be all, it'll be all like top albums, top this, top movies, top whatever. You know, like Beautiful. just your best, the best episodes. You know, whatever. So yeah. Sounds good to me, brother. Well, thank you for another sensational fucking episode and uh, we'll see you all very soon. See you next time.